Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. I'm your host, Pete Werner, coming to you from my office here in Orlando. Also joining us via Skype right now, Sean Falk. Hi. And producer, Corey Fiascanaro. Hey, everybody. So, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Doing it like this. Um, we want to uh, do our review of Takumi Tai, uh, the new restaurant at the, Jap- uh, the Japan Pavilion at Epcot. Uh, Sean and I had a chance to experience it like 140 years ago now, um, which I think was actually just like last month. But uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't read or hear a lot about it other than that it was expensive um, and that it's clearly a signature dining experience. Uh, this restaurant is kind of located... Uh, it, it's very kind of obscure. It's it's downstairs alongside the uh, the the Mitsukoshi department store, off to the side in the back corner. Um, as you're facing the pavilion, it's on the the, the ground floor to the right. Um, but when you walk into this place, I mean, they did an incredible, an incredible job. And the the, the restaurant is themed. Um, around the elements so you have a room that is water wood earth stone and paper and the decorations and the art in the room uh in the rooms all kind of reflect that and it's absolutely absolutely beautifully beautifully done um when we went in there was not a lot of people in the restaurant um i think a a lot of people don't know about this restaurant and b i think um, between the price and the menu may put some people off. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Um, the, uh, I, I, the, this was my second time actually getting to go in. Um, I went in on opening day. Um, they did a soft opening before it actually opened, and I happened to be at Epcot just personally. And um, they uh, were giving tours of the restaurant and showing a few different um, – of the menu items and everything. So I got to do a tour then. And so they did the whole spiel of like how it was all about the elements of Japanese art and crafting. So those are all the materials they use in art, uh, in, in Japan. And, um, they, they killed it as far as the, the decor and the theming and everything. Uh, it, it really felt like I stepped out of a Disney park and into a very, very nice, and very authentic type of, of Japanese restaurant. Um, even when Pete and I were in Japan, I remember at one point we ate lunch in a subway station. And even the inside of that restaurant, while not as upscale as this is, it had that very that same feel. Um, so having been to Japan, it was pretty authentic inside. Yeah, I agree. Um, it definitely, um, you, you can't help but be impressed by the atmosphere and what i know like what what struck me was that you kind of went from the crazy of the park into this very serene quiet restaurant i mean it just was so relaxing Mm -hmm. in there now i don't know what it's like when there are more people in it Uh, we were we were there in the evening um and this is not uh this is not a dining experience where you're going to be rushed through your meal um, you really should set aside two hours at least yeah, for your meal because um, they're going to pace it a certain way 
and I, I, I was impressed. But then again, for what they're charging, because make no mistake, this is signature dining. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about, I just want to kind of go over the menu and what's available on the menu. Uh, they do have a tasting menu. Uh, unlike most tasting menus, this one does not include a wine pairing. Um, you can get a wine and sake pairing for an additional $75 per person. The tasting menu itself is $150 per person, and it is three, four, five, six, seven courses, um, starting out with Otoshi, which is, I don't know what that is exactly, but it's imagined daily by the chefs, it says. Um, a Tamari Sushi, which is a chef selected assortment of oceanic delicacies. Uh, Nakomi Wagyu, roasted bone marrow, bra braised Wagyu short rib, um, and other words I can't pronounce. Um, then there's a palate cleanser, <coughs> word I can't pronounce. Um, and then there is an actual Wagyu strip steak. This is a Japanese A5 Wagyu strip steak paired with an American Wagyu strip steak, roast cipollini onions, curried potato, seasonal mushroom, fresh grated wasabi, um, and other things I can't pronounce. Um, followed by uh, shizuku, uh, water cake, yuzu crumble, black grape, blackberry sake, and a tea ceremony. Um, and uh, we did not do the tasting menu. I just kind of wanted to go through it. But we did have the Wagyu, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much Wagyu they give you on this, but and obviously it'll be the same Wagyu we enjoyed. Uh, but at a hundred, that hundred and fifty dollars suddenly becomes a very good deal mm -hmm. uh, when you look at what they're offering, and they're including both the American and Japanese Wagyu in that. Um, and then, like I said, for another seventy-five dollars, and additionally, there is a wine and sake pairing that go along with the first, second, third, fifth course and dessert. Um, so I guess the only thing they're not giving you is uh, a wine pairing with your palate cleanser. Um, yeah. So the appetizer menu, and again, <clears throat> I think one of the challenges this restaurant is going to have is its approachability in terms of the menu, right? Um, we are not, I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to speak in broad generalities, but generally speaking, we are not a, uh, we are not an adventurous people when it comes to what we eat. This was a problem Epcot had when it first opened with a lot of these restaurants, um, that the restaurants were extremely authentic to their, their cultures and people weren't eating there because it just wasn't approachable. Mm -hmm. Um, but so this menu, you know, miso on, on the appetizer menu, miso, which is silken tofu, scallion and toasted nori at ten dollars. Um, Ketsuo dashi, uh, benito broth, white rice, furikake, I think it's pronouncing that right. And toasted nori is twelve dollars. So without I'm not going to go through the entire menu that way, but you get the idea that even when they're giving the explanation of what this is, mushroom broth, baby shiitake, white rice, 
okay, exactly. I, I'm not sure what this dish is. So it's kind of, you know, unless you're really adventurous. Sean's a lot more adventurous than I am with that stuff. Um, do you remember what I ordered? Um, as far as your appetizer? Yeah. Um, I, I remembered mine. I had thought you got the Nikomi Wagyu, which was that roasted bone marrow, but maybe you didn't. Um, it was roasted bone marrow, braised Wagyu short rib, and the yuzu kosho. Whatever. Yeah, the $29, sure you, $29 yeah. dish. I yes. think I did get that, um, but the only reason I quest, I, I, I thought I'd made notes, and I didn't, or I did, and I lost them. We started, um, and then we stopped. We stopped. Um, roasted bone marrow. I'm out. I'm out. Um, that is just, I, I, I've, I've tried it once. I've tried bone marrow once and I vowed I would never do it again, but I might've overlooked it to try that Wagyu short rib. And I, I do remember not being overly impressed with my appetizer. I do remember that. Um, that particular dish is $29. That's an appetizer. Uh, And that's the appetizer. That's the appetizer. Appetizers range from about ten dollars up to twenty nine dollars but you have you know uh ponzu crab toasted crab heirloom tomato watermelon radish uh dish for twenty six dollars um i haven't been to takumi thai yet but uh just like if i was going there and i don't recognize a lot of the things on that menu either uh the miso soup though i haven't had it i haven't seen it but uh that's if you ever been to hibachi that yeah. a lot of times the soup that you get you get as a starter at hibachi is that miso soup. It's very brothy with just a few like scallions and mushrooms inside of it. Um, just a yeah. nice little nice little start to your meal. And what did you have, Sean? Uh, I actually went with sushi um, instead of an appetizer. Um, so they do have uh, they have four main sushi rolls, and then they have sashimi and nigiri as well. If you want to get that. Um, I got the Aburi Aburi Wagyu sushi. Um, it's twenty six dollars, um, and I believe it had eight pieces. It was either six or eight pieces, um, but it was uh, the Japanese Wagyu beef. It had asparagus in it, shiitake mushroom. Um, I remember cured, tasting that. That was really good. Yeah, cured uh, duck egg yolk and warashita, which I remember asking about, and they said that it was a. Uh, like a sauce or a spice that was on it. It was very good, though. Um, even then, I, I guess maybe like cured duck egg yolk might be off-putting to some people. Um, I I thought that it was very good. Um, I don't think it was anywhere close to uh, what the on as good as the entree ended up being. Um, it wasn't the best sushi I'd ever had in my life, but it was good. I actually prefer the sushi at California Grill better than the sushi i had there um so if you ever had it at california grill you know what i'm talking about i did find a note about my appetizer i did i got the kanoko dashi the mushroom broth um with white rice toasted nori that was 12 dollars, and i made a note that it was very good but surprisingly earthy and i remember now it was it was good Mm -hmm. but it had this earthy flavor to it that was almost kind of I know this doesn't sound appetizing, but it really wasn't bad. But it was almost dirt-like. Yeah. When I say earthy, it, it kind of had that, like, okay, you mixed in a little bit of, you know, 
you were working on the bonsais and you threw some dirt into this to spice up the dish. I don't know. Um, but, I, I remember I remember that now because when we were when you were reading through the stuff, I was like, that sounds like something I would have ordered. Why did I not get that? And um, I do remember you got it. And that's why I was like, oh, I'll just try some of yours. And it was to me, I really liked it. But you're right. It was very earthy field tasting kind of. So it was very, very like the earthiest thing I've ever had before. Um, yeah, it was good. So, though. But so the appetizers were good. I'm not going to say the appetizers were oh my god, because they weren't mine. Mine at least. I thought Sean's was quite good. Mine was very good. Yeah. Um, but it was. It wasn't until we got to the main course that this restaurant took on a whole new level for me. Um, they have uh, different types. They have they have three different wagyu dishes on their main course menu. A Japanese A5 Wagyu tenderloin with leek sauce, warashita, curry potato, seasonal mushroom, $120. And I just want you to know, this is about four, four and a half ounces of beef for $120. Can you tell some about what Wagyu is, just for people that like don't know why what they're paying for with Wagyu? Wagyu is um, a type of beef that is grown grown um is bred in a very strict conditions um only certain part is only a certain part of japan i i believe where this uh beef is 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 farmed um and there's a very like it, it i i don't know all the specifics other than to say that like not just anybody can do wagyu beef there are specific farms specific cows specific ways that they are raised. Uh, there are ways that they are butchered. Um, uh, so that's what drives this price. It's not something that's in abundance the way, you know, a New York strip is here. Yeah. Um, but it's an incredibly tender, flavorful steak. And I've never had any bad Wagyu. I've had really good Wagyu. I've had phenomenal Wagyu, and then I've had life-changing Wagyu, and it was life-changing Wagyu that I had here. Um, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but I just want to go through the other three that are that are offered. There's a, 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 a Japanese A5 Wagyu ribeye and an American Wagyu strip steak. Um, now, on the tasting menu, uh, you, you'll remember that they had a dish where it was the uh, Japanese A5 Wagyu and the American Wagyu together. And that's – isn't that what you did, Sean? Uh, I didn't. I actually got them to do um, – I wanted all the side dishes of the American, um, but I wanted to try oh, the traditional right. Japanese. Um, right. So I got the I got the Japanese A5 Wagyu tenderloin, but I got it with um, – the uh, the American, which is called Gift of Ranch, uh, is the name of the. They have a Japanese name too, but Gift of Ranch is the uh, name, and it came with uh, purple sweet potatoes, roasted marataki mushrooms, and fresh wasabi root. And I don't go spicy, so it definitely. I was worried about the wasabi root, but it was not spicy at all. It it blended well with everything, so. And I did the uh, A5 Wagyu ribeye. 
which was 115. Sean's was, uh, well, if he'd just done the American Wagyu strip steak, that dish is 85. Um, but I believe yours was closer to 120. It, uh, it was 120 because I did. I still got the steak. They just changed the side items. Changed the sides. Um, so, you know, there are a couple of standards I have when it comes to steak, right? Um, I want to taste the steak without anything on it, right? No seasoning of any kind. Uh, sometimes they're, you know, cooking steaks with a rub on them or something. You, you know, it's unavoidable. But you really want to kind of taste the flavor of the steak. Um, I was surprised because with a Wagyu steak, and again, I'm no expert on Wagyu, but anyone I've ever had has never been seasoned. This one was. And I was a little put off by that because normally you only season a steak heavily. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't say this was heavily seasoned, but you only season a steak when you're trying to cover up the fact that it doesn't have a lot of flavor. Right. Really good steak is not going to be crusted. It's not I shouldn't say never. But a lot of times when you go places, if there's an awful lot of stuff on that steak, they are covering up the fact that it's not a good cut. Um, that was not the case here. Um, this had a seasoning to it that defied description at the time. And I certainly can't go back to it now. Um, it wasn't potent. It wasn't like overly seasoned by any, it was just enough. And it complemented the natural flavor of the steak in a way. It was a blend that I just never experienced before. But then you put this in your mouth. And I'm not kidding. It melts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It is so tender. And like, you know, like, oh, $115 for a steak. And then you put it in your mouth. Go, yeah, $115 for a steak. Okay. And again, you're looking at like four and a half, five ounces, I think it was. So it's not massive by yeah. any means. Not massive by any means. But now you did the tenderloin, and I will tell you, like, I didn't try your steak, but I did try uh, your uh, sides. The, the sweet sides. Yeah. How, oh, Lord. Yeah. Among the best things I've ever eaten in my life. Yeah, I knew I needed to I, – I wanted to try the Japanese traditional style because we had had Wagyu in Japan, and I loved it so much. And I was like, I want to, I want to eat that again for sure. But um, if you've ever gone out to Alani in Hawaii, um, they one of the appetizer options at uh, Ama Ama, which is their signature restaurant, they have like a trio of uh, mashed potatoes. And so they have – regular mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, and they have purple sweet potatoes. And that was the first time I'd ever seen purple sweet potatoes before. And um, I loved it. I thought that it was the best potatoes I'd ever had. And I've never seen anywhere else that had the purple ones. And so once I saw it on this menu, I was like, well, I have to somehow get these purple sweet potatoes on my on my plate to see how, how good it's going to be. And I mean, my steak, you could have cut it with a fork. It was, I do, t- I order medium rare. So, um, you know, but I, I'm sure had I've done well done or something, they would have been able to do amazing with it as well. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have done that, but no, some people, a lot of people like well done. So I, uh, I, you know, you could have cut it with a fork. Look at it, you fiasco. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you could have cut it with a fork. 
and it was so 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 phenomenal. Oh, we did, we did cut it literally with a fork. Yeah, um, I mean, when when they brought it out, I was worried that it wasn't going to be enough because, I mean, here we're so used to getting like eight ounces or even six ounces, like the small somewhere. So I'm like, okay, four and a half ounces, like this is not going to be a lot. But it was so satisfying of an amount like I wasn't overly full I was just like you know I'm pleasantly full and who knew that I could be eating less and be you know better feeling after and that was yeah that was a surprise for me as well that you know none of the portions here are particularly large mm-hmm. right it, and it's you know not it, it's not traditional in Japan to serve massive portions like we do um and as I, you know, I had the same thing when I looked at the steak came in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be hungry when I leave here. And I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, between the appetizer, the main course, and then what we tried for dessert, I walked out not feeling disgusting, but feeling very satisfied, mm-hmm. which is important when you're going to spend this kind of money on uh, on a dinner. Um, and like I said, that that steak... Now that was a that was a game changer. That steak was a game changer. I mean, we just sat there and going, "Oh my god, I can't believe what I'm eating." Mm-hmm. That's how good it was. And I've had it. I've had Japanese wagyu before. As Sean mm-hmm. mentioned, we were in Tokyo. We had it, and it was extremely good there. But I think it was a combination of a the way it was seasoned, b the choice of sides. I did not care for my side dishes as much as I did for Sean's. Mm-hmm. Um, those purple sweet potatoes I don't know wh- if they were sprinkling crack in that stuff or what it was so good but it was like can you bring me a bucket of this with a spoon um, and just give me a dark corner and some Barry Manilow and I'm a happy guy because um, it was unbelievable how good it was um, so that was a really good mix between the Wagyu tenderloin and the sides from the American uh, Wagyu, the Gift of Ranch dish, because the uh, Wagyu tenderloin is the artisan beef. That's $120. The one I had is called the Cattleman's Harvest, um, and that was $115. And then the American Wagyu one is the Gift of Ranch, and that's $85. So no matter well, even they, just one of these, you're looking at, you know, close to 100 bucks. Right. They do. They do have four other entree options. If you don't want to, you know, if you don't eat steak or if you don't want to jump into those price points. Um, So they do have I'm just going to say what they are and not the Japanese names. They have a sea bass option. They have a salmon option. They have a duck option. And they also have a tiger prawn with tofu option. Um, So they do have and those range. The lowest is forty two dollars. The sea bass is the highest of those. And it's fifty two. So that's more more in line with other signature dining restaurants those aren't like you know it, they were they were it's it, I, i'm just it's still say, higher but yeah. it's higher because you have no option on the for an entree under 40 dollars. and even at california grill citricos places like that there are options on there that are are, are lower than 40 dollars. so mm-hmm. again um the, the, the main thing was that if you're not going to get steak, you're pretty much limited to seafood unless you get the duck. So the other three options were all, you know, tiger prawns, salmon or sea bass. And so this is a, unless you're getting that, you got to get the steak. 
And this is a place, you know, there's not a lot of places I would trust with Duck. Because Duck is really easy to screw up. And you end up with some gamey, greasy piece of garbage on your plate. Um, this is a place I would trust to do Duck. And to do it right. Um, so I just want to take a quick look. Go ahead and talk. Maybe um, Yasko, throw, we, throw something in we, here. Yeah, I was going to say, we met... We, we met a few other, like, you know, we met some other people that were in the restaurant and they were, uh, we were talking to them about what they had ordered because none of them had ordered the Wagyu or any of the steaks. They had all gotten fish options. And, um, so we got to see their meals. They were big, good portion sizes, but they had talked about like, oh, you know, we just decided to get like each got a salmon or one got a sea bass and a salmon. And then they got the, uh, the Wagyu sushi that I got. And they were like, well, that gave us a chance to try some Wagyu, but it just wasn't anything by comparison. I mean, while my sushi was very good, but I was like, yeah, I had both. And that like the, the sushi, the steak inside the sushi wasn't anything compared to having the steak on its own. It was phenomenal. And I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to do double check. Um, uh, this is not on the Disney dining plan. So, this is not a two-table service credit place. You cannot use the dining plan here. But so, you were going to say some fiasco. Yeah, so I have a question that I think other people might have too that haven't been there like I haven't been there. Um, when you went inside, this is in a theme park. This is obviously expensive and it's in a theme park. Uh, but like when I go up to California Grill and I'm not wearing a button-up, you know, I'm not going to feel out of place. Were people dressed up here or were they in no. their theme park attire? Theme park attire. Wow, okay. Yeah, theme it was park theme attire. park attire. And, you know, again, something I love about Disney is that with the exception of Victorian Alberts, you can eat at any restaurant. You know, they don't want you to have hats on and they don't want you to have, you know, cutoffs on or things like that. There are some standards, but generally speaking, what you're walking around the park in, you can go into Monsieur Paul, or you can go into this place. Mm-hmm. Um and feel feel comfortable. Yeah, feel comfortable. and they do they do put up stuff. I mean, so if you go researching, it is a thing of where because I know me and my friends one day we went to Mister Paul, and um, you know we had looked online and saw that there was a dress code, and so we brought dress clothes with us and a backpack so we could change into them. So we before we went to the restaurant, we had to go into the bathrooms and change clothes and everything like that. So we were really frustrated, which we were frustrated anyway, because we're like, I understand at California Grill, I've been turned away there before because I was wearing a tank top. And I had to go to my car and go get a shirt, which was just like a balled up shirt in my trunk. But they were like, we'd rather have that than your tank top. And I'm like, okay, this looks much worse, but that's fine. So I, uh, I had to change into that. And I was like, I get it. It's in a hotel. It's in a deluxe resort. Like, I can understand it. But for a restaurant in the theme park, I'm like, this is ridiculous that we had to bring dress clothes to the park to change into for something in a theme park only to get in there. And everyone's just wearing like tank tops and hats and flip flops and everything else. And we're like, okay, so it is a dress code, but this is apparently not enforced in any way at Mr. Paul. So I know there was some kind of, well, I think they do general, but I I, I don't think they allow hats and flip flops. I don't or tank tops. I don't think you can do that. And miss your, most of the signature restaurants, that's pretty much pretty common is they don't want you in, you know, flip-flops and tank tops and stuff. But, um, you know, who knows how well enforced it is. 
Yeah, there yeah. is actually there's a there's a couple restaurants that do have um, dress codes posted. Uh, I know off the mm-hmm. top of my head, outside of Citricos, there's one, and outside of Yachtsman Steakhouse, there's one. So I mm-hmm. know if I'm going to like the theme park and I'm also going to one of those restaurants, I keep yeah. a button up in my backpack. But mm-hmm. they're also not very enforced. It's just the posting of that sign out front that doesn't. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So I feel like okay, well, I should wear the button. The up. one time, the one time you will find them enforce it is with hats. Um, I've had that happen. Not so much to me because I really don't wear them, but to people I've been with. I remember Corey getting nailed on that in uh, Artist Point before it's made the switch over to um, mm-hmm. uh, Snow White. Um, and he was like, I've been walking around all day with his hat on. My hair looks awful. And right, yeah. How Corey is with that. Which um, we ran into that whenever we did our our, our Snow White review for the, the – when it changed over to character dining. I wore a hat, and no, no one said anything. Like it went with the outfit that I was wearing. But, I mean, there definitely were people – uh, in the comments that didn't like it or whatever that you know were upset that I had worn a hat um, to to dinner. Yeah, but then so. there are people in the comments that that are upset when when Fiasco, one of the guys, are wearing a baseball cap in the studio. Yeah, and it's like what is this 1890? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I didn't care, but I just but you know there are people who get offended. My dad would have been offended by something. My dad didn't like. He was you know not into that kind of thing. So I was like, I get it. Like you know, but. This is what I happened. This is what I was wearing. Like I, right. you know, I can't help. I'm at a theme park, so I don't. So I don't know what to tell you. let's uh, let's talk about the desserts a little bit. Um, the least impressive part of this meal: uh, Japanese style cheesecake was sixteen dollars. A water cake with yuzu crumble, black grape, and blackberry sake was twelve dollars. And a Castella cake with honey meringue, ses- sesame brittle, and honey caramel sixteen dollars. Um, we figured let's try it. We ordered all three and we were uh, chatting with some listeners who were in the restaurant. We invited them to join us. Um, and we all tried it. And I think we were all in agreement. Yeah. Desserts were not anything to write home about at all. Yeah. I don't expect a lot out of Asian restaurants with desserts. Um, there's not really a lot of famous, uh, East Asian desserts that I can name off the top of my head. So I don't think they're as big on that type of cuisine. So I, when even when we were reading them, they didn't seem that appealing. And then when we had them, it was very, eh. I mean, right now, all three of them could be sitting in front of me just for free. And I don't think I'd eat them because I just don't think they were worth eating. Like it's not, it's not about even paying for it. It just wasn't worth eating. Like, it's not worth that, the calories. That Japanese, that Japanese style cheesecake. I remember just being, like crumbly and dry and like so dry it was so bad even that water cake i think the water the water cake might have been no the uh costella cake with the honey meringue and the the brittle that was the only one that i remember being like okay this is like tolerable like this is okay but i still would have been very disappointed with it Uh, you know compared to the other two it was like light years ahead of them but even that water cake i was like i have to try this and it's like jello-y but not quite that same texture it's a it's a different texture than anything i've ever had but it was not it was not my thing for sure yeah no it was it just wasn't 
great. And I, I do believe they did take tables in Wonderland, if I'm not mistaken. They did accept I think they did. But Uh-oh. even then, the desserts were very pricey. I mean, the water bread was the cheapest, and it's $14. So yeah. I was like, this no, is No, water nice. cake was 12 uh, Costello cake was 16 and the cheesecake was 16 Oh, okay. Well, then it was 12 But, um, yeah. It, 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 yeah, the desserts were not worth it. The desserts were definitely not worth it. Appetizer was good, but that Wagyu beef, phenomenal. That dish, those dishes alone are worth going to this restaurant. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, people are always asking about special occasion restaurants, romantic restaurants. I think this is this is a hidden gem. Mm. And I also think it's fairly easy to get reservations because it oh, didn't yeah. seem overly busy. It right. was it was it was hard to get them when it first opened, but again at this price point and not taking the dining plan, that's a recipe for we well, yeah, come on in. We got a table. Um, yeah. which I was very surprised because there was a group in front of us whenever we went to check in that they were like essentially wanting to come eat in the restaurant, but they didn't, they clearly didn't have a reservation and, um, you know, they, they wouldn't take them cause they're like, you know, you need to have a reservation. And so for us to go inside and there literally be like four other tables, yeah, we were just, ew, ew, yeah, I was like, wow, why didn't they just take them? Like they could have just brought in more people, I guess, but they were very like, no, you need to have a reservation, but pretty much every day, like if I get on the, the app on my Disney experience, there are reservations available for this restaurant. So it's not, it's not hard to get at all. No, it's not. Now, it, it, I don't remember exactly what the grand total was, but I know it was over $400 for the two of us. Yeah. And that was with tables in Wonderland. Um, and, and that also included the tip because I left an additional, an additional, because I will say the service was fantastic the young lady that was our server was just tremendous i mean everybody in the restaurant um so sweet and very accommodating and uh you know i was taking a lot of pictures and they were you know offering to help me or move something and i mean it was really nice it was was really nice but for a special occasion restaurant in particular I think if you want to do something different, if you've done California Grill, if you've done Citrico's, Chico, Flying Fish, those places, and you want to do something different in Epcot, you cannot go wrong with Takumi Tai. Um, I think I, I'd want to do it a couple more times before I lay this down, but it may very well be the best restaurant at Walt Disney World right now. Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And I want to do even- it a couple more times. Yeah, I mean, even with uh, like my sushi was amazing. I, I enjoy my whole like between that and California Girl because California Girl is my favorite in general. It's because I like the appetizers, the entrees, and the desserts. However, the the entree here just like really leveled the playing field. So if and my appetizer was good, desserts were not at all. But for just the entree to be so good that it is, I've been on the same level as California Girl, where I like every element of that. It really just says a lot about how good the entrees were. Yeah, and and really well prepared, really yeah. well prepared. Um, you clearly have talented chefs uh, working here. Um, I think the menu is very inventive. Um, you know, if if the names put you off, you know, steak. It's steak. Um, and it's just really, really good steak. But 
it does it you know it does require a little bit of an adventurous spirit when it comes to dining and that's not always everybody's thing and i'm not criticizing anybody for that i'm i'm very close to that myself um i like what i like and i don't necessarily even when i'm traveling i don't step too far out of my comfort zone what's the closest thing you have to steak and chicken um and that's pretty much what i'm going for um Mm -hmm. but scale of one to ten sean what would you give it Oh God, um, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nine, uh, just because how good the entree was and the eclectic options for people um, just dinged a little because especially because of the desserts which I don't care that much about but the the price point's really high even even for nigiri like two pieces of tuna nigiri is thirteen dollars and I'm like that's a lot for like two pieces like it's not that's a yeah. very expensive yeah it is expensive um i'm gonna I'm, uh, I'm gonna give it a 9.25 um which i think is maybe the highest rating i've given a restaurant in a very long time mm-hmm. um i rarely give over a nine um or even a nine for that matter um but this was exceptional this was an exceptional experience um between the decor the atmosphere, the service, the food—I will overlook the desserts. I really won't even give them points off for the desserts. Yeah, I don't need it because the the main course was that good. Um, and like I said, with the service and everything else combined, um, and you know, yeah, it's expensive. But if you want to do that—that that maybe once in a lifetime special meal i think this is a good place to trust uh, and I, I i think also taking the desserts out of it is fair because when you're somewhere else like california grill or citricose or whatever you're limited to what desserts are available you may not have a ticket to go in the park or whatever but if you're already in epcot you ate at takumite and then you were like we want dessert but not these you can easily just go over to the french pavilion and get ice cream or you can go get something else that you know it's it's unfair in a general of me to ding it for desserts because right. you don't you're not limited to just getting dessert in this restaurant you can go outside and into a bigger space whereas you can't in resort resort True. restaurants so yeah i mean in that way i i completely agree the price is high it was well worth it um i mean and most people won't order all three desserts i mean we spent like 60 bucks just on dessert so your price can go down from there for sure but it's well worth it for special occasions or you know this is our first time back to disney in years or whatever you know it's it's a great experience so there you have it that's our review of takumi tai at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot, and that will do it for this week's episode of the Disney Dining Show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again next week.